Hello and welcome to a fresh episode of NBRI New Business and Retail Insights from the Center for Retailing Studies, Mays Business School, Texas A&M University. I'm your host, Thinky Shankar, Director of Research and Coleman Chair Professor. It is my honor to welcome our guest today, Dr. Lee McAllister, the Ed and Molly Smith Chair in Business Administration from the University of Texas at Austin. Lee is a decorated academician, having won the AMA Irwin McGraw-Hill Award, the Mahajan Award for Distinguished and Lifetime Contributions to Marketing and Marketing Strategy, the Best Dissertation Award from the AMA and the ACR, the Odell Award for the Most Impactful Paper Published in Journal of Marketing Research, and the Davidson Prize for the Best Paper in Journal of Retelling. Lee has served as Executive Director of the Marketing Science Institute, her research focuses on consumer reactions to marketing interventions and the strategic implications of those reactions. Ali's research has appeared in the Journal of Consumer Research, Journal of Marketing, Journal of Marketing Research, Marketing Science, and the Journal of Retailing. Lise has published The Grocery Revolution with Professor Barbara Kahn of Wharton. Her work has been applied and supported by Procter & Gamble, HEB, 3M, Motorola, Frito-Lay, Philip Morris, Pepsi, and Miller. Uh, Lee sits on the editorial boards of the Marketing Science, Journal of Marketing Research, Journal Marketing, and a few other journals. Lee has won multiple outstanding teaching awards. Uh, he, she has a PhD from Stanford University. Welcome, Lee, to the program. Uh, delighted that you could join me for this conversation. Are you ready to go in person to teach this fall? Yes, indeed. It was hard teaching online. I'm sure you experienced that at A&M too. Uh, sure, yeah. I'm glad that you're very optimistic and enthusiastic. I was going to, um, I have a lot of colleagues who are still apprehensive, so let's hope that this follows it. Um, it turns out to be good uh, in person. Uh, I had introduced you in the way that uh, I have known you, but I'd like you to introduce yourself in your own way. Um, could you please list five words that could best describe you? And these words could relate to what is uh, your motto or mission, what keeps you awake, et cetera. Um, take it away, Lee. Okay, thank you. So a little warning about this, and I got to sit down and think about what my words are. And my first one is warrior. I'm, a, I'm Yeah, that, that's a great I, description, yeah. I like to be involved, I like to, well, my second word is opportunistic. I like to find problems and address them. Uh, yep. uh, and it turns out that one of A&M's uh, retailing centers super sponsors, HEB, has been very, very, very helpful to us here at UT, as I'm sure they are to A&M, who was Absolutely. smart enough to uh, incorporate them into a retailing center. Uh, but HEB is so Texas, the roots are so deep that both of our schools, I think, benefit greatly from uh, experience with HEB and I. Uh, I'm sure we could find a nice uh, commonality there. Keep going. Yes, yes. So. A thing that all your sponsors need to know is we're not talking football here. There <laughs> is no rivalry between the business schools at Texas A&M and University of Texas Austin. 
Uh, I like to think of us as one big group. Right. And uh, back and forth about being a warrior and being opportunistic, um, a thing that I think is particularly outstanding about the A&M UT Austin group, and I think the field of marketing would say this, is we care about relevance. That'd be my third word, relevance. And it is wonderful to have a sister institution of the standing of Texas A&M right here with us standing for this and uh, helping us try to keep the field of marketing focused on real questions faced by real companies. And we, uh, I happen to think A&M does a better job of lining up the companies like this retailing center is center. a perfect example of it. Getting Vinky to head this center, all Thank the you. wonderful faculty you have lined up with it. Um, because I think this is a, a war that our business partners want to be on our side. This keeping business schools, in particular marketing departments in business schools, focused on relevance. Um, My fourth thing I would, fourth word I'd use to characterize myself is teacher. I think you started by saying, am I excited? You bet I'm excited. Uh, It was a struggle trying to hold the imagination of the students last year uh, during when they had to look at us over the little screen. But what I think is more important, they couldn't be in the room together. That's my new belief about the secret to teaching is put those 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds in a room together and biology makes them want to do well in front of each other. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, as a teacher and as a person interested in relevance, I'm always interested in what the practitioner partners have to say. If you have any thoughts about teaching and how to make teaching more relevant, I'm very interested. And finally, I would like to say that, and, and maybe I'm most proud of this, and I, I'm going to include Vinky in my, this category. I'm a nerd. I like nothing better than to get a bunch of data and be left alone with my computer and that data to try to figure out what's going on. And retailers have the data. So uh, you hold the key, retailers. If any retailer watches this, you hold the key to success for marketing professors. To the extent that you will get involved with marketing professors at A&M or UT Austin or any school where I would guess you'd be interested in getting involved because you're trying to hire their students, Talk to the faculty about that beautiful data you have. Vinky and I have a lot of nerd colleagues. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. That's a great set of five words. And if I remember them correctly, warrior, teacher, opportunistic, data, and... uh, uh, I forgot uh, to tell you, lucky. Lucky was the one I skipped over. And I want the the notes that I have inside lucky are... I came yeah. to work in a city close to HEB. Okay, good. You're being HEB's very generous really, and really, uh, really helpful to me. Kind. So that that that's a very good summary of all the key things that you are and knowing you, Lee. I, I think 
these are very good description of yourself. Let's start with your research. I know that you're one of the very few scholars in the field who's done a gamut of research on a gamut of topics. And uh, I remember your initial research right fresh out of grad school, um, won you those awards. And I, I believe they were on consumer shopping. And then you started moving more and more towards uh, uh, firm strategies. And today now you are uh, encompassing everything your research is. So tell us, walk us a little bit through your journey and uh, research very quickly if you can uh, in a few, a few minutes. Okay, you did a nice job summarizing it, but let me add a little color. So okay. my dissertation was about consumer shopping, but it was in particular about consumers seeking variety. And right. I, back to that lucky thing, I got to have an advisor named Sinu Srinivasan, who is now retired, but... Yeah, he's a fantastic uh, scholar, yeah. Fantastic scholar, and I believe he once won an award for being the smartest person in India. And <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, think about how many people there are in India. So, right. that, that lucky, lucky, lucky. Yes. Studying variety seeking... Okay, I was very, very interested in that and how consumers react. And then when I moved to Austin, back to my lucky in the HEB presence, Scott McClellan, who I guess somebody told me he's running Houston now, but Scott right. had just come over from Friole and he was recruiting MBAs for the top management bench. And that's where they got Martin Otto, who's up on that top management bench. I got to watch that process happen, got to feed in some of our students. And in the process, uh, our students were really interested in taking brand management jobs. But all the brand management jobs were going to Northwestern, where Vinky was a doctoral student. Okay. So we leveraged our association with HEB to take market share away from Vinky at Northwestern. Uh, and how we did that is students did projects with HEB. And one of the projects, it wasn't the focus of the project, but it put us in the stores talking to store managers. You want to understand retailing, you've got to get in stores, you've got to talk to store managers. And this one store manager was complaining about that gum Walmart gets a higher rating on variety of cereals being offered than we do. And we have more different kinds of cereal on our shelf than they do. You know, their retailers are always in each other's stores. They know people at Walmart probably knew this was going on too. And what they explain to us is it's just that it takes so long to push your cart through the cereal aisle at Walmart that makes consumers think there's a lot of variety there. That's interesting perception, yeah. And that turned into an Odell award-winning paper. That's so great to know. For those who don't know what Odell is, it's, it's a paper that five years later, people say, this has had the most impact on the field. We basically yeah. took an HEB store manager's intuition and documented it with studies. It was Wayne Hoyer and Susan Bernarchek and I. Um, right. That's, and that's and from there on, you went uh, and sought some variety and started adding other research streams, right? So tell us a little but bit more about so, that. Okay, so first it was what are consumers doing? Then this, with the help of the HEB people, was 
What's that mean for a store manager? What's uh, then roll it all the way up to what's it mean? What do we in marketing right. contribute to the value of the firm? So that's sort of the, the way my research has evolved. And the, the whole field is interested in this question. Of course, we want to document. We are important. Of course, you want to have us in a business school. But I think it's made us myopic. And right. we, if you read any marketing textbook, and I'm sure if you're watching this video, except for your baby, I'm sure you have. And uh, first of all, it's boring, long, you know, everything's ever been learned. But it also says marketing makes all important marketplace decisions. We design new products and set the price and design the brand and communicate. And, Set up distribution. Well, yeah, in maybe 10% of the firms, that's the situation. But there are 90% of the firms where marketing plays other roles, valuable roles, but very different. And um, back to being a warrior, that's my new, um, one of my new war paths is I want to help, I want to write a paper that's going to make it help other people see what I can see so that we do a better job of teaching marketing. And complementarily, the finance people need to do a better job of teaching finance. Because right. my students, they come into my classroom, I say, marketing cures cancer. They then want, leave my classroom, go into the finance classroom, the finance professor says, marketing doesn't matter, finance cures cancer. Well, there are firms where that's true. There are firms where marketing leads the firm, leads growth in the firm. And it's irresponsible of us as educators to not develop a richer picture so that the students hear the same stories as they go from one classroom to another. Now, what do they believe? You know, they can play back to me what I say to them in the classroom on test. I have the honor students. They can play it back perfectly. But then they go in their finance class and they play back to that finance professor perfectly what the <laughs> finance professor said. Why did they leave the business school thinking? And so I've just yeah, I mean, enlisted Binky. I'm getting his great big shining smile. So he's yeah, going to help I mean, me on this warpath. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're turned, uh, taking upon yourself as a challenge. Uh, and you, you hit the nail right on the head when you said, you know, we need uh, future leaders and students to be thinking about uh, the value that marketing brings to the firm. But what we are also realizing is that it's not a marketing versus finance debate. It's now more of how marketing and finance together work together, should be working together in a firm to contribute to the value of the firm. And in that regard, your most recent research on uh, basically the connection between bankruptcy risks and uh, with uh, Jindal, uh, Nikit, and uh, your other research a few years ago on the value of advertising R&D, um, the uh, moderating role of uh, marketing strategy, all of those. Uh, speak a little bit about that kind of research and what, what are some of your key findings in that research that can help inform everybody? Okay, first I want to remark, I think he did a great job of that. 
He's just like my honor student. You've got a wonderful guy at the helm in this organization. Okay, and then another, the you alluded to the paper with, another paper with Niket Jindal, uh, with Raji, and then with a guy in the management department where we looked at, Porter has told us some firms compete by differentiating. Other firms compete by cost leadership. And what we showed in that paper is the more a firm advertises, higher sales go for either differentiators or cost leaders. But it doesn't influence the firm value for the cost leaders. Their value is from being very efficient, focusing internally, driving costs out of the system. It increases firm value for the differentiators. So these, depending on what your strategy is, the role of the market, what you can expect your marketing to do for you, your advertising to do for you, is really different. Is if you're a cost leader, yep, we're going to have nuts and bolts available at 45th and Lamar. That advertising dollar will pull people to the store and increase sales. Or if you're Apple computer, you say, here's a machine that's going to fit your lifestyle. And so that makes a bigger difference, right? Yeah. It builds a brand. What's a brand? Kevin Keller has told us it's a node in memory with associations attached to it. And that node in memory with those associations make people less price sensitive. You pay a whole lot more for an Apple iPhone than for the cheapest iPhone on the market. No right. name. So it's that brand equity that makes a firm be able to grow faster and therefore their stock price is higher because that's what stock price is. I've had finance discounted sum of expected future cash flows. Expected future cash flows. Brands increase that ability. Increase the ability to increase future cash flows. That's fantastic. That's a nice way of putting together. And that resonates with even some of my own research where we found, uh, me and my co-authors found that brand equity um, has a very strong relationship with shareholder value. Not only does it improves over time, as you said, but it also reduces the volatility in cash flow. So we're talking about the yeah. risk effect to which you also look at uh, in some of your studies with uh, Niket and rest of the co-authors, right? Um, yeah, now, that was with Min Chung, yeah. Min Chung, the, right. So, which, which is very remarkable because uh, you are uh, now trying to unearth some of the uh, hidden so-called um, powers of marketing, which was not necessarily well under, understood before. But again, you know, from the marketing finance interface studies that you brought uh, to light, uh, you also talk a lot about rigor versus re relevance trade-off. You talked about relevance earlier on. Um, talk to us uh, about that kind of research and where you see the field right now and what are some of the takeaways that researchers should be paying attention to and managers consequently should be wary of. Thank you. I would be, I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk about this. 
This is my number one warpath. I believe that the field of marketing has been colonized by psychologists on one side who are not interested in business. We make a lot more money than they make as psychology professors, so they want to be in the business school, but they think business is grubby. They think it's, ooh, yeah. I don't want to do something that would be managerially relevant. They talk about, I want to fish the way I buy, I want to study fish the way a biologist studies fish, not the way a fisherman studies fish. This is a fisherman school. We're a business school. We're about seeing customers as people, not that we want to catch and skin and cook. They're, we, they're customers who we want to solve problems for. So I don't, I'm, I love having the psychologists bring their insights to our field. I don't like the idea that they don't like the idea of being managerially relevant. On the other side, We've got economists pouring in the quantitative, the door vinky in our garden. They're just pouring in. Once again, they feel like they've already answered all the questions. They don't need to pay any attention to what's going on in marketing or what we've already figured out. Um, I was had a two-year stint back in Boston at this marketing science institute that Vinky's right. alluded to. And while I was there, I went to a seminar at MIT. There's a professor there named John Little who wrote a just a field-changing paper about promotion. And he showed in 1981, I think it was, he took scanner data from grocery stores and he showed. I, I believe it was 1983, uh, but you're close. 83, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I got it off by two years. It's been around for a while. So you're ahead of your times. <laughs> what can I say? Well, you Put, move a product to the end of the aisle, reduce the price, sales will go up by a factor of 15, you know, just startling numbers. It was when we first got scanned. Right. Okay, so now back in 2004, I'm sitting in a seminar at MIT and a MacArthur winning economist came over to give a talk. He had designed a quadratic programming Inverse, da, 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 dim the lights on the East Coast. And what did he discover? Promotion really increases sales. So I turned to John and say, I think somebody's already done that. <laughs> and John said something very interesting to me. They will never cite our work. <laughs> which I consider intellectually dishonest. I consider that theft. This MacArthur Genius Prize winning economist, it, it, so in what? his sociology, that's not theft. And it also didn't, we, we've known this since 1983. Bring me new insights. Bring me the kind of insights Vinky gets in his research. Give me, Bring me these new insights about variety seeking or what happens going down the grocery aisle. So Lee, so what I can be done to improve that? I mean, you definitely make a good point that, you know, the marketing uh, has a lot of application or sub substantive 
relevance that is not currently captured by purely psychologists or purely economists or purely any uh, external field. So what do we have to do as a field now to improve their rigor relevance trade-off? I'm sure you have some great ideas. Oh, here. shoot, yeah. Schools like Texas A&M and UT Austin have to stand up and say, this matters. We have at our two schools, we have strategy groups, groups who are focused on managerial questions, not who are trying to publish in psychology journals or trying to publish in econ journals. Many schools don't. My alma mater, Stanford, to whom I owe everything, doesn't have anybody managerial on the faculty anymore. If we, if we took the list of schools in many of the rankings that say these are the best business schools, but there is nobody there like Vinky or me or Rajan or uh, Alina. The, there, but so there, when is there are, when is the increased focus? Them. Yeah, when is the increased focus on managerially important problems? Uh, is there any other uh, any other recommendations that you have? Like maybe I know that you have some research talking about uh, endogeneity and uh, how that is misguided or misguides some of the research and how it can be used more effectively. Talk to us a little bit about how we can make those small changes, smaller, big changes uh, in our thinking and our research that can uh, accelerate the field. Okay, we need to, just because somebody's an economist not think, oh, they're a genius, so just print whatever they write. None of us, this endogeneity is a, a twiddle that came in from economics, and now every paper has that twiddle in it, kind of like COVID. It's just it's covered the field, <laughs> makes us do distort our analyses, makes our papers harder to write. No one has ever demonstrated there was any advantage to it. We need to, our journals need to hold papers accountable. You've got a new method? Prove to me that's better than the old method. So right now I'm working on a paper with one of my colleagues proving that these fancy methods, very elegant, cool, you know, stuff, Vinky and I get a kick out of reading, but they don't do any better than simple, easy to understand, managerially useful models. So I'm off on, I want to fix that, but that's a little piece of this bigger problem. So I so, do- So one I have possible, sorry, uh, this, I, this is a fa fantastic point. So one possible way would you recommend researchers to have managerially usable models for simpler models, and then start with that as the basis and then say, what insights are you getting? And if you are going to come up with a new, better methodology, uh, can you demonstrate what additional insights or what different insights you can get? And is that maybe a way for uh, researchers to think about it? Or uh, you think that, yeah, uh, yeah I think because that right now- be, Back when yeah. you were at Northwestern, that used to be how you got your papers in. You had to say, right. this is the existing methodology. Here's the answer. Here's my methodology. Here's my answer. It's better. And right. I would prove it was better. Right. Now so we just I, let people put in a new methodology. 
Right. So we shouldn't just publish methods for methods sake, but we should make sure that those are relevant and make sure that they add value, right? I think that's an excellent point. On that note, uh, Lee, what do you see as the key uh, research issues and substantive issues for the future? Now, marketing is undergoing a lot of transformation. We've seen that more and more digital uh, transformations taking place. We have omni-channel marketing going on and also marketing is getting integrated with finance and other functional areas. Uh, what are some of the things that we would should be researching on uh, sort of the problems of the future? Uh, what is your take on that? I think we ought to go for more for bigger issue problems rather than tactical problems, strategy problems. Right. How, do, how do you make the whole business work? A lot of the data that's become available from retailers is tactical. It's like John Lill's move it to the end of the aisle and sales go up. Yes, but if you're Coca-Cola and you're spending a billion dollars a year trying to build an advertisement, make those associations, what associations are you making by reducing the price and standing in people's faces? So I would like to see us, yes, let's figure out what we can learn from tactically from the retail data, but can we use that data to look at the bigger picture, to look at how you continue to Compete. Um, but I have one more thing that I didn't get to finish. So this sure, is really yeah. my parting shot for your uh, partners. Stop calling Stanford a top business school. Texas A&M is a top business school. Have standards. Look at what they're producing. I, I'm sure some of your uh, sponsors are also sponsors at schools like Stanford and Columbia and Cornell and Northwestern, Northwestern, that used to be the managerial hub, I think is in as bad a shape as Stanford is. Why, no, that, that, I, I like why the should way they that, be allowed? What? Right. Uh, thank you for very much for uh, having a broader view of that. But what we really be look, should be looking at is what you're saying is the sponsor companies or the retailers or the organization's problems. You have to look at bigger problems, solve the bigger problems, and not just be confined to some institutions, uh, specifically the research, but research is also becoming very collaborative now, right? So thanks to that, I'm able to talk to you now more. Um, uh, you're all able to collaborate with this. So what you're also suggesting is that you know, extend, broaden the net, look at all the valuable research people are doing and, and also focus on very big macro problems that are more important strategic level, which is an excellent, excellent uh, parting words of wisdom from you. Uh, but for, for the managers, what would you, uh, what would your advice be, Lee? I mean, these are good words for researchers, academics, doctoral scholars. But what should managers, how should managers uh, uh, start preparing themselves for the future for making better decisions? Go to Texas A&M or UT Austin for your MBA or Indiana or University of Southern California or, you know, there are, we, it's not just us, but need to put their money 
where my mouth is. That's what I want them to do. Don't. These schools go on. Let the colonists have control because there's no pushback. That's Businesses are the constituency of, of the school of these schools. Push back. You're a customer. Ask for them to do research that is valuable to you. The way they get at Texas A&M, the way they get at UT Austin, Indiana, Southern Cal, TCU. Notice how there's a theme here. Texas, a lot of Texas schools. So we are very fortunate that we are in the middle of. Uh, uh, expanding economy and a lot of corporations are relocating here. So there's an opportunity for us to really look at more important problems. But that's a very good um, message for you know future managers to look more broadly. Um, what are some of the learnings that you had as uh, director of MSI? You did talk a little bit about uh, attending a talk at MIT, but as a director of MSI, you were the a director of a bridge organization between practitioners and academics. What are some of your takeaways from those? One thing we did at MSI when I was there with McKinsey, we had the first CMO summit. And I was there for two years, so I got to attend two of those. And it was at those summits that I realized CMOs are not created equal. And I'm not talking about some are smarter than others. I'm talking about some have authority over more decisions right. than others. And so when we'd stand up and say, you've got to be able to measure the ROI of your spending. You know, the CMO of Procter & Gamble said, of course I do. I've got P&L responsibility. Of course I measure it. But then from some little B2B company where marketing is the cost leader, Marketing doesn't do anything but make brochures for the sales organization. They just felt crushed in that environment. We need, so my takeaway from getting to watch that happen was the field needs to better understand differences in marketing so we can, we can, we don't make blank statements, blanket statements and try to apply them to all firms and all CMOs we better meet our customers' needs because we better understand our customers. So that's so, an excellent yep. uh, takeaway because what you're saying is that not all CMOs are, uh, all have equal responsibilities or equal challenges. And um, it, depending on which context, which industry, which environment they are in, their challenges are different. But we, as marketing as a field has, that connection with the customers and understanding the customers, doing the research, right research, and enabling the managers to make effective decisions should all be the goal of marketing in general. But that's a fantastic theme and uh, message. So on that note, I wanted to thank you today for your fantastic insights, Lee. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk with you because you're always coming up with fresh ideas and very provocative, most of them. Um, and thanks to that, the field is able to move forward. Uh, and uh, again, today, thank you for joining me and best wishes for continued success in your research and science. We really want you out there um, and in terms of uh, advocating for the uh, managerial insights and also for the relevance. I really deeply appreciate it. Thank you again.